listening to We Finally Watched The Legend of Korra, Book 3, Chapter 1, a podcast where two friends force each other to watch the shows we keep meaning to watch and then talk about them. I'm your first friend, Abra. And I'm the second friend, Anthony. And let's uh, let's get into this. New, new season. This is a new season and a big season. The best season of Legend of Korra for sure. And I have big feelings so like right off the bat there's a big spoiler and i just have to know did you know about it uh about the people who are now airbenders being airbenders yes yes i did not know it's return i did not i knew i knew that apparently that sahir guy was like an airbender Mm. but i didn't know that random people would start developing airbending that was completely a surprise and I was actually expecting, like, I, I don't know, when when Boomy first did the airbending, I was like, oh, it must be one of Tenzin's kids playing a prank on mm. him. Which, that would be a really mean prank. <laughs> that would be really but, mean. <laughs> but that was, like, my first instinct. I was like, what? what? You know, and then my thought is, okay, maybe, you know, Boomy is Aang's son. Maybe he has, like, a latent airbending gene. But mm-hmm. then it's, like, this random other guy who has seemingly no connection to airbenders at all uh mm-hmm. is now airbending so it, that that was a bit of a, a shock yeah so we're going to see i mean this is i just i f-ing love this season and i love this twist and i don't how do you feel it plays in terms of the story are you happy with this development are you unhappy do you think it fits i mean i have no strong feelings on it at the time i mm-hmm. think it's interesting i'm curious to see you know where it will lead i like the idea that like maybe you know there's this great spiritual awakening now um, and maybe, like, the world is kind of starting to balance itself, and because all the airbenders are, you know, essentially dead, mm-hmm. it's compensating by, like, creating new airbenders. Yeah. At least that's kind of my theory right now. I don't know how that works, but I yeah, think it's... Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fetch quest season. Ooh, you know, we'll, we'll get to it fun. as we talk about it later, but, you know, at the end, Korra's like, well, I guess we'll just travel around and collect all the airbenders, you know, catch yeah, them all, catch if them you will. All. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I and I, I like the idea that there's going to be, you know, traveling outside of Republic City, because while I do like Republic City as a setting, at the same time, having everything take place there is, you know, it, it kind of, it's not, I don't know, it's, the thing is, is that, like I said, I like Republic City, but at the same time, it's already been established that the world of Avatar has, like, so many cool things in it and there's like Mm -hmm. just such an expansive and interesting world Mm -hmm. so you know i want to see how that world has changed since the last airbender and we still haven't gotten a ton of that so yeah i i I want to see people traveling around and and catching them all collecting airbenders (laughs) well uh well you're gonna get it this season so. One, one thing I want to mention about Republic City, though, um, I love the idea of having this modern or, you know, semi-modern city that has, like, these pockets of wilderness in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that's just, like, a really cool world-building idea, and I don't know if they're going to go, like, super far into it at all. But I just, I think it's cool. Yeah. So it's interesting you bring that up because I was thinking, like watching this episode for the first time in a while, my first thought was, man, this is kind of like, I'm trying to think of the word, 
urbanism extremism of like we are going to forcibly put these parks <laughs> throughout the city and you and you don't get a say uh we're not giving the politicians time to to ruin these nice residential parks oh yeah and it plays into because there's a line uh later or i guess it's kind of earlier on but they're complaining about some of the things that the the vines have ruined and one of the things is how long can we expect the public water service to be mm. or how long will it take basically for public water to resume and that kind of brings us to our first infrastructure corner uh, which is like Ooh. these vines would be devastating to like oh, a yeah. modern society yeah well i'm wondering about like what specifically happened to the water like are the vines currently taking over the like water treatment facilities mm -hmm. or wherever they're getting their water from or are the vines like interfering with the actual water lines themselves mm -hmm. i mean either way it's it's not good for that infrastructure right and i guess you know it's it's not as bad as it could be because you do have water benders running around and like there are canals so like you can just like get water from there mm -hmm. so it's not the end of the world but yeah it's not great yeah especially for a society that has kind of started to rely on this you know modern um you know, there yeah. are people who have potentially lived in the city their whole lives who have never had to, like, go to a well. True. Right? I'm also curious, speaking of waterbending, if anyone had tried waterbending the vines, or if they're, like, a spirit thing and you can't bend the water inside them. Interesting. I, uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm not an American. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so, so, okay. So the, the Fifth Amendment is right in America to not uh, answer a question that would incriminate yourself. Oh. So like if someone asks you, did you rob the store? You have the right not to answer that question. Because if, you, if you're under oath, because if you say yes, then you're admitting to it. And if you say no, then you're lying under oath. So it's like you have the right to just not answer the question. I see. So you're you're pleading the fifth to not give spoilers. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Or because you. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's, is, there's there's okay. a spoiler there that we're kind of tramping around, uh, and so I I just I'll plead the fifth because I don't right, want to say one way enough. or the other. I won't. I won't press it. It's my right as an American. Uh, I won't press it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I. So I'm trying to look at my notes here just to kind of go through. So Cora being nervous about her poll numbers. Yes, I was gonna say like what are they gonna do fire her <laughs> i mean i guess at the end like yeah they they kick her out of the city but like i understand why the president is worried and we'll get to him in a minute <laughs> yeah i mean cora like you know you you do naturally want people to like you but at the same time it's not like mm -hmm. her powers are gonna be revoked because the public doesn't like her also the public i mean i'm not gonna knock you know, the writers for being like, oh, yeah, the public, they're they're a bunch of jerks. Because at first I was like, yeah, like, she literally saved the world, like, two weeks ago. But, I mean, as we've seen in the real world, <laughs> yep, people are stupid. So, you know what? That's not <laughs> at all unbelievable. News, hey, news travels fast yeah. and it moves quickly, right? Like, yeah, she saved the world two weeks ago, but now I can't flush my toilet. That is true, right? yes. So. Um, my next note is about uh, Boomy's airbending again, um, which is like, honestly, good for him. He deserves a win. Yep. I was I was expecting there to be a whole thing where like, he's saying that, oh, I can airbend and nobody believes him forever and it's this whole thing. <laughs> so I'm glad that like, 
you know, he was validated yeah. in the fact that he can airbend now. Yeah, and he, he deserves a win. Good for him. Yeah, 100%. He, you know, at first, when I first saw this episode so long ago, I was a little nervous that this ruined the character. Um, that, like, you know, part of his, first of all, his dramatic journey as a character, but then also, or his implied story, I guess, because we didn't live with him from his birth, but, like, <laughs> it, it always kind of assumed that that story was kind of like him coming to terms with being the son of the Avatar and not having bending. I was kind of like, you know, this kind of ruins that story. I don't think that anymore. I think, oh, that's you know, good. it's just the, the next step in a development with his relationship with his siblings and his family and the world, right? That now he has to navigate being a, a late bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, good good for him, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Korra driving. Korra behind the wheel. My <laughs> notice, Korra's driving is going to put her approval rating even lower. 100%. To um, a little bumper sticker that says, I'm the Avatar, I go, yeah, I do what I want. Love it. Uh, on, the, on the back of the car. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the next thing is, I love the tension slash awkwardness between Korra, Asami, and Mako. <laughs> and I... Especially love the little tidbit of animation of Tenzin just like freezing and sliding out of frame. Oh, I didn't, no- I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Conversation happens. Um, that's funny. Oh yeah, he literally like like obviously they're two D objects, yeah. but he like turns into a two D object and then like slides completely horizontally <laughs> out of the okay, frame. Okay, shit, I gotta I, like, I gotta watch that. That's uh funny. I like that that everyone's dunking on Mako as he deserves. Um, that Korra and Asami the brooding are, like, teenager. Like, ugh, yeah, he sucks, right? Um, <laughs> I like that Korra and Asami are bonding. Mm-hmm. It's a, a good They're time. such great friends. They they're, are. They're, they're such just, good friends. They're just a couple of gals being pals. <laughs> oh, I man. mean, you know, Korra even says she's never had a girlfriend before. You know, uh, one she can just hang out with, not not yeah. to imply anything else there. Um, <laughs> all, all jokes aside, do you see uh, the romantic aspect growing yet, or this episode? Do you think it's it's purely platonic from like a writer's perspective? I think right now it it feels platonic, mm-hmm. but it it definitely has like the vibe of like yeah, this could go either way, mm-hmm. like. It's it's not platonic in a, a familial sense, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. when I look at like say Bolin and Cora interacting, to me like that feels like they're almost siblings. Mm-hmm. But this, you know, it doesn't have that same vibe here. Right. President Raiko. Yeah. He really went from like being kind of a reasonable authority figure to just kind of a dick. Yep. Like yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I like it. I don't know if I like the first and only that we know of democratically elected leader in this world being shitty. Like it. Uh... Yeah, like at the be- like you know when he was first introduced at the beginning of season two, he like seemed like a pretty reasonable guy, and now he's like bringing the media in to make Cora look bad. Yeah, like which is serious. It's clear that it's like a self-preservation thing, right? He's he's trying to cover his own, but it's like, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, and you're gonna kick out the avatar. I can't imagine everyone in the city is gonna love that. Yeah, especially because it's not like he has any solutions to the vines. Exactly. Like these spirit vines are clearly a spiritual endeavor, and so the one person you have in your city 
who has spiritual powers to them, even if they're slow going on the solution, you don't kick them out. (laughs) Although speaking of spiritual powers, when Korra started spirit bending the vines, I was like immediately like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Yeah. I, I knew. Not not mm-hmm. to sound like a big brain smart person, but like I was like, yeah, that, that ain't going to work because they're not dark spirits. And like, I guess you could control them for like the duration of having that water up. But mm-hmm. as soon as it goes down, you know. Yeah. They still seem to be sentient, so now you just piss them off. They'll just go right back, and and yeah. I mean, good on you for knowing that. I don't think I picked that up the first time, but I did think that solution would be way too easy. Oh, yeah. For such huge consequences of the last season, like, there's no way this is getting solved in the Mm -hmm. first episode. Although, you know, I I do like how President Raiko essentially gave Korra an excuse to not worry about this anymore, like... You know, by kicking her out, it's like the vines are not her problem anymore because she can't do anything. So now she can just go do whatever, find all the airbenders, yeah, whatever, and that's fine. <laughs> and, and she can kind of absolve herself of the responsibility of taking responsibility. care of that one specific city. Yeah, exactly. So, like, again, good job, Raiko. <laughs> I like the the line, Avatar wisdom is a thing of the past. Yes. Because A, the whole thing of like, you know, the past lives are gone. And B, also just the the implication of now we're in an era of Avatar Mm -hmm. stupidity. (laughs) Um, Korra is the the wisest Avatar currently available. Yeah. Um, I also like, and I know it's just like replaying Tenzin's lesson that he just taught her, but the like, is that a good or a bad thing? And she's like, I don't know. Like, depends who you ask. The past avatars, you know, for all their wisdom, and there are like 10,000 of them, which is pretty good. At the end of the day, they're still fallible humans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her not having their wisdom, like, yeah, it sucks. But at the end of the day, it, it might mean that she might not, you know, repeat the mistakes of the past. She's free to make new mistakes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's you know it's not strictly good or bad. It's just a thing. Yeah, honestly, I think it's probably good even just to kind of depower the Avatar state for Korra, so that going into this season and in the next season, the answer to everything isn't ask Aang, ask Kyoshi. That's Go true. Ask Roku, right? That's true because. Yeah, I guess it does sort of solve some of the power scaling we talked about. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like from a narrative perspective, it still isn't great that that's how, you know, season two of a four-season show was. <laughs> yeah. But at at the same time, you know, it does sort of bring things back to reality a little bit. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a, an okay as like a correction, I guess. Yeah. So we have this touching moment with Tenzin looking at Aang's statue with his kids. And honestly, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. I could watch that scene every morning and cry. Just as a nice way to start the day. Yeah, it was, it was very sweet. The reason why I pointed out is because there's uh, a line in there that I just want to kind of postmark for us to, to remember in a future episode. Okay. Janora mentions, you know, they're kind of talking about what the world's going to be like. And Janora goes... And she's very stern about it. Air nomads don't have armies. Oh. No specific spoilers and probably not going the direction you think. But I just want to postmark that so that when we get to where I want to talk about that line, we can talk about it. All right. Interesting. Okay. Because, yeah, I I thought it was just kind of like a pointing out the obvious thing. Like, yeah, the, the air nomads were pacifists. So obviously they didn't have armies. Right. But, okay. I'm... 
I'm interested. I'm curious. Um, yep. Let's talk about Zaheer for a moment, because that was like the final thing. Yes. And he's, no, let's talk about him for the rest of the episode. <laughs> he's going to be... Can we talk? <laughs> yeah, obviously, I mean, I kind of knew just from exposure on the internet that he's going to be the big bad of this season. And, mm -hmm. you know, even if I didn't know that, like... The end of the episode, kind of. Yeah. Hey, this guy's the the new the new bad guy. Mm -hmm. Um. So I am interested in him. Can I just say I don't love his voice? Interesting. It's like it's so like punchy, you know. Okay. Okay. Like it just the, the weird kind of emphasis. I don't mm -hmm. know that I really like it. Maybe like I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on me. But for the time being, it just. It doesn't seem to work. It doesn't seem to click. It definitely has a, a different cadence to it that I think, like, I'm used to it. So my reaction to it was just like, ah, oh, Zaheer. <laughs> and he is, uh, he is my favorite villain in this world, period. Right. Like, original, cool. I freaking love this guy as a villain, not as a human. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the voice, I think, maybe the first time watching it, if I was watching it again, I might be a little iffed by it. But knowing what's to come, that's what matters. Yeah, I, all my notes about Sahir are just like, I love him. Uh, <laughs> he's really, really great. There were some, when it first came out, there were some criticisms about how he was able to take down four White Lotus. Yeah, uh, especially, I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, his, his airbending powers just kind of awoke mm -hmm like everyone else's, maybe I'll be proven wrong. But also, you know, he's been in prison. It's not like... Well, I mean, I guess Uncle Iroh did get really buff in prison that one yeah. time, but I mean, and I, I don't know what Zaheer's past is. Maybe he was comparable to Iroh in terms of just, like, yeah. being able to just wreck shit. I don't know. Yeah, he, <laughs> does, he does just really kick their ass. But at the same time, it's like I'm I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I uh, so there are two big points that this episode alludes to, and that like these aren't ever confirmed later. So I think it's okay to talk about them. But the first thing is is that he reads Airbending Philosophy. Mm -hmm. We don't know how long he's been reading that at this point, but we know he knows it enough to quote it from memory. So there's a thought that on my end that's like. You know, because he knows this philosophy that kind of, like, accelerated his, like, self-training. Okay. And then the second point, and this is probably the most important, is that these guards mm -hmm. and, like, everybody, uh, or almost everybody, has never had to fight an airbender before. That is true. And it's it's the same excuse I give to, like, season one of The Last Airbender mm -hmm. is, you know, the reason why Aang can escape all these, like, elite firebending guards is because none of them know how to deal with an airbender. They don't know the tactics. They don't know the counters. Especially when you're, like, showing up for work and you expect this guy to be, like, a non-bender and his cell is so overkill for a yeah. non-bender, right? That... You know, your guard is way mm -hmm. down. <laughs> so, and then suddenly he, you know, I think uh, first everyone's reaction was justified just because it's like, oh, okay, like, we don't know much about him. But, you know, when you pick up on the clues, I think it's it's there, right? They didn't expect him to be an airbender A. And even if they did, they just don't have the, the skills to fight That's that. That's true. Yeah. Either way, I'm I'm curious, because I, I know you've talked about Zaheer extensively before. Well, not really extensively, because, <laughs> you, you know, trying to avoid spoilers. But you've mentioned that he's your favorite villain before, mm -hmm. so I am curious to see why that is, uh, to see what his whole deal is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, looking looking forward to this season, just in general. 
Let's let's go. Let's go. Well, Al, thanks for potting with me, and listeners, thank you so much for listening. As of recording this outro, Al and I have just finished watching the rest of Legend of Korra, so we have all of Season 3 and 4 recorded, and we're so excited to share it with you. Hopefully, the release of those episodes is relatively consistent over the next few months, but life post-pandemic, I, I make no promises. If you could, however, rate us or leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whichever app you're using to listen to this right now. If you want to, be sure to send in a voice message about this episode, and we'll be sure to include a follow-up on the next episode. One last thank you all for listening. We've just hit over 1,200 listens across all of our episodes, despite how crazy our release schedule has been over the last two years. So if you've made it this far, thank you sincerely from both Al and I. And another reminder to check up on your friends, because I promise they don't hate you as much as you think they do. Until next time.